Welcome back, Bills fans, fans of the game, fans of football. It's your boy, Jeremy Mountain, here with another episode of Blue Mafia. Thanks for listening. We're going to do a quickie tonight, Thursday night. Missed a couple days. I'm doing my best to get at least one show out a week for anyone out there. Friends, family, loved ones, and new friends of the podcast. So, I appreciate everybody listening. I'm going to give you five things to watch for heading into this week. And I'll give you a quick grade on uh, Joshi and Ken. I'm going to come back on Saturday to give you the top five quarterback matchups of the week. We're just going to do part one. We're going to split the show and see how it, how it goes. You know, baby? We're going to let it ride. We're going to let it ride right into part one. Let's go. So quickly, I'm going to summarize the Tennessee game from a standpoint of the general Josh Allen. We're going to give him a quick mind mechanics and moxie grade as we will every week. So quickly, mind, I thought that his mind was fresh. His mind was prepared. One key aspect to watch Kyle Brandt's Basement new podcast. He does have the fortune of having Josh on every week, and it's fun to sort of be able to see what Josh's micro expressions are when asked about an upcoming opponent versus an opponent that he just had. And the way that he talks about his opponent you can tell he really respects his opponent. And I felt that the way that he was talking about the Titans heading into the game was realistic. He mentioned they had played each other twice, four times, and it was 2-2. This would be their fifth matchup. And he had said they were a lot better than they showed last week. And that is contagious. When when your leader, your quarterback, takes the opponent seriously – the rest of the team carries that same weight, and obviously Von Town, Von Miller has had an impact. But Josh's mind, I thought, was good. You know, I don't have any real complaints. I do know, though, there was one point where we saw baby Josh, little baby 2019, 2018 Josh, where he did one of those throw the ball to a defensive lineman to avoid taking a sack. Getting sick of that, but he hasn't done it in a while. And overall, give his mind a A minus. Mind mechanics and moxie. Mechanics, he missed, I think, one throw. And it was due to mechanics. I tweeted about it. In the next play, he rolled left and chucked an easy flick across the backside of the end zone to a dragging Stefan Diggs. And there's not many people that would be willing to make that throw or be able to make that throw. So although there was one play with mechanics as an issue overall, I think he hit most of his targets. And I'll give him an A for mechanics. Moxie. 
I'm going to give him an A. I'm going to give him an A for Moxie. He wasn't overly crazy, Josh Allen, this week. You know, the game clearly became sort of in hand, and we took control in the second half. But I thought that other than that one play, he was almost perfect. And it was truly demonstrated by the chemistry with Stefan Diggs. Gabriel Davis didn't even play. And Stefan Diggs picked up the slack. A couple other guys, Kumaro came in and made a couple plays. Interesting to see Khalil Shakir, rookie mistake, didn't get set in time. Josh rushed the snap, ends up missing the block. But he'll learn. That's a rookie mistake, and that's good that he's out there in a game like this. Can't really, you know, hold him accountable as you would a veteran, but now that he's made the mistake, now it's a lesson, win or learn. There are no mistakes, only lessons. So overall, I'll give Allen about an A. I thought that he was pretty good. Very good. Give him an A. And Dorsey, Boothwatch, creativity, I think... I think he was pretty creative with the way that he swapped a lot of personnel. Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady's personnel packages are very creative. So I'll give him an A there. Effectiveness, have to give him an A there as well. The offense was slamming, and it wasn't all because of Josh Allen. You like to see Josh Allen up at the line of scrimmage making some of those calls on the first dictation drive, the drive that dictates how that defense is going to have to play and what level of intensity and purpose that offense is going to have coming at you as you're a defender. That dictation drive, I thought Dorsey did an outstanding job coupled with Allen being able to make the checks at the line of scrimmage, you can tell that Dorsey is putting him in a position to succeed. And now Allen is also taking advantage of a deeper playbook, a deeper card catalog of plays and concepts and reasons and the reasons why we do these things. So seeing Allen take some of the control at the line of scrimmage was awesome. And I credit Dorsey with some of that, but Still got to hand some to Brian Dable. There was a lot of chalk talk sessions that they spent together, and I'm sure he learned a lot from him too. So overall, Dorsey Booth watch between creativity and effectiveness. I'll give him an A. The Bills are probably the number one team in the league, so it's hard to not give those guys A grades. So now quickly looking forward at the Dolphins. One key aspect from the Bills game was injuries. Dane Jackson, one of the scarier hits you'll ever see. I thought that Tremaine Edmonds is an outstanding player. He's an outstanding athlete. But I'll be honest, I have a hard time figuring out how the middle Mike linebacker is always the last guy to lay a lick. How is he always the last guy on the pile? He got in untouched one time and had an untouched sack. But for the most part, 
that hit on Dane Jackson, it was just like watching a guy at work make the same mistake that you've seen because, unfortunately, I wasn't surprised to see who it was when I saw Tremaine Edmonds was the guy that did that because he's constantly submarining at the bottom of the at the top of the pile. But I like the playoff hits. I like the intensity. I like the fight. I like the way the Bills are hitting and fighting. But one thing I'll say about contact is your body gets hardened to contact. And the less contact that you have, the softer you get. And then when you come to Sunday and these guys are not hitting in practice and they're not doing a lot of contact and it's all player safety, player safety, player safety, player safety, you're going to see these types of hits on Sundays because the pads are getting smaller, the guys are getting faster, they're playing more 7-on-7 at a young age, and then there's the thing called physics. Physics and safety can't be controlled on Sundays. So, unfortunate to see all these injuries. Micah Hyde, another neck injury. And obviously Trey coming back from the knee, but apparently Jordan Poyer is also a little bit injured. I don't have exactly what's wrong with him, but that makes almost the, it makes the entire defensive backfield. So looking forward towards the dolphins, it's obviously going to be interesting how Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott truly trust the process and see how they are able to scheme against the two lightning rods that are Tyreek and Waddle. With those defensive backs out, the two young rookies are going to need to step up as well as Jaquan Johnson and probably DeMar Hamlin. And these are all four draft picks bred in-house, brought in in in-house, and bred to be Bills, bred to be Buffalo, bred to be next man up, bred to work towards this opportunity it's a worst case scenario but these defensive backs should be prepared I thought Benford and Elam have both over overextended what you would expect from their positions but it shouldn't be too much of a surprise with the amount of leadership that we have in Buffalo and the style of program that Buffalo has managed to create so we'll be watching for those that defensive backfield this Sunday. Uh, number four, I just thought it was funny to hear on Ryan Rosillo's podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts in the car, getting ready for work and stuff like that. And Rosillo, Brant, Simmons, McAfee, probably those four are the are the four. But depending on the subject matter and the person of that day, you know, someday we'll be having people on here. Who's it going to be? Who's going to be the first guest? We've had one guest, Eric from Buffalo, go back on Reg in the Zoo, and Matt and I, my my podcast host partner from Reg in the Zoo, forgot that we were on a green screen, and I wore Eric's Buffalo go green hat the whole show. So that was a lesson, and we'll be ready for the next interview. But number four, listening to Ryan Rousseau's podcast, and Joy Taylor was on. Huge fan of Joy Taylor. She brought up something that I hadn't heard, and that's Tuanon. 
apparently Tua non is all the people that either really think Tua is going to be good. Maybe it's like his supporters, I'm guessing. But Tua non to the tune of QAnon, is Tua good? You've heard me say it. With these guys, with this coach, he's going to be good. He's going to be fine. How durable is he, though? Because he can get the ball out quick as many times as he wants. But against this Bills team, he's going to take a couple X. Tuanon can do whatever he wants. He can get the ball out quick. But this team is bloodthirsty. And unfortunately for Tua, Tyreek Hill is in for a beating. If the Bills can't get their hands on him. I think number three, how can this team establish a run game when they have such an incredible pass game? It's almost as if the offense on the Bills doesn't want to run, not because they can't, but just because why bother? It's so much more fun to throw touchdowns. And I'm starting to feel that might be the way to go. And maybe that concept of being a bully and physically pounding someone isn't necessarily necessary at this point in the season. But I got to be able to trust it when it gets shitty out later in the year. So as much as I know that fans and even myself don't want to see that establishing of the run game, I think that they still can manage to accomplish some things by testing out some run game and maybe establishing run game doesn't mean establishing run game for this game. Maybe establishing run game in the Bills context is we're just establishing a little bit here and there each game against different opponents, different opponents, both divisional and conference and non-conference and depending on who we're playing that week maybe we'll experiment a little bit more or a little bit less depending on how badly we need that and depending on how much we might want to save for the playoffs so as much as i want to see that run game i get it and i'm okay with it but i'll still be watching to see what ken dorsey tries out tests out in that run game and what this offensive line can do and can't do when it's going to be in Miami. Number two, rest in peace, Tua. I have a feeling that this Bills team is really going to take this game seriously, and I have a feeling that they're sick of hearing about Tua Tugavaiola. And to be honest, I'm getting sick of it too. But I'm not getting sick of him. I'm not getting sick of watching him play. I'm just getting sick of people questioning if he's good or not. He's one of the 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. Can we stop saying that NFL quarterbacks aren't good? That being said, I want to see the Bills end Tua's reign. Take him back where he came from last year, the year before, where people knew he wasn't going to make it. I think the Bills are going to do that. And why? Here's why. Number one. Tyreek Hill. Paybacks have 
fucking bitch. That's why Tua is in for it. That's why this Bills team is going to take this very seriously. I think that the fact that the starting defensive backfield is injured should have this Dolphins team feeling all sorts of excited about the opportunity that they can have to really run it up on this Bills defense, get into a real hot shot battle, see what Mike McDaniel can do against Leslie Frazier. Now, get get me here. I do like what the Dolphins are doing. I do respect what they're doing. I think Waddle is awesome. I think Gazeki's awesome. I think Tua is pretty good. I think Hill is an incredible, incredible player. But you don't disrespect the game. And when Tyreek Hill did that, did the peace sign, when it was already said that that would be a penalty, and he just knew that they wouldn't call that, and he still did it, payback's a bitch I hope that the Bills get that payback this Sunday at 1pm so that's it that's this episode of Blue Mafia stick around on Saturday where in the morning I'll be shooting our weekly top 5 quarterback matchups of the week we're going to do 2 shows a week try that out also want to give a quick shout out up in heaven to my great aunt, Mary Jane McComsky, rest in peace, was able to see some family this week. Just want to say a quick prayer. Thank you to her. And hopefully she continues to watch over the family as she always has. I'm signing off for now, but I will see you on Sunday, folks. I appreciate y'all listening. We'll see ya. Bye-bye.